Nieves. Welcome to the Have You Seen This podcast. I am your host, Ethan Wilson, here with my good friend, Ebrotep, uh, e- e- Jake Spencer. What's up? And this is a show where we recommend a movie to the other one that they have not seen and then watch it during the week. And then we did get discuss it on this show. The movie in question this week is The Mummy from 1999. The great year of our Lord, 1999. <laughs> Starring Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss or Weiss. I'm not entirely sure. John Hanna. Arnold Voslo. 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 Good enough. And Kevin J. O'Connor. Repeat. Um, repeat appearance from Kevin J. It's his second movie. That oh yeah, we've discussed him in. Uh, it was directed by Steven Summers, who's done quite a few movies that I recognized. Um, but it's a movie about some archaeologists um, that go to an ancient city called Hamanoptra, which is the spooky city of the dead, to oh. dig because they're stupid. <laughs> An American serving in the French Foreign Legion, which is Brendan Fraser, accidentally, him and the love interest, Rachel Weiss, accidentally awakening a mummy who begins to wreak havoc and searches for the reincarnation of his long-lost love. Jake, what's up, man? Yo, I'm glad we're still going after last week's episode. Yeah, it was a (laughs) close one. (laughs) Um, Steven Summers has also directed great movies like G.I. Joe. Oh, Scorpion King came back for the second one. Van Helsing. Deep Rising. Tom and Huck. Disney's Tom and Huck. The Jungle Book. classic. You know, he's done some things. Done a lot of things. Not all of them good. This one is not that good. So, Jake... What's up? Uh, what's uh? Did you know about this movie? Did you have you seen this movie? Obviously, you haven't seen it because we recommended it. But did you know about it? I did know about it. I was kind of a Brendan Fraser fan, fan back in the nineties, purely because of Encino Man and George of the Jungle. Dude, Encino Man. Dude. And yeah. George of the Jungle Man. I uh, my uncle I, uh, Clinton used to have George of the Jungle on VHS tape. And every time I'd go over to their house, me and him would watch George of the Jungle, dude. I just remember, I remember the Java, 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 Java part. And, Java, yeah. And uh, Gorilla. Gorilla. Yeah. Um, I, our VHS of that is still in, is in a box somewhere. It's probably just in the garage. But we still have it and stuff. But I watched that movie a ton. Yeah. But yeah, I loved it. So, okay. Java, 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 Java. 
this I got a long I got a long story with this movie. So okay, this is one of the first movies I ever watched on DVD. Like, mm. um, so we got a DVD player in like late '98 or '99 or something, uh, and we used to do these family like family nights with my aunt and uncle, the uncle that has George of the Jungle. And uh, my cousin, they would come over and we would like play a game, a board game or something, or we'd watch a movie. So this night in particular, my aunt and cousin had saw in theaters, the mummy, and they loved it when they saw it in theaters. Uh, So they just said we all had to watch it. So they brought it over this on DVD and me at the time, I'm nine years old. So nine year old Ethan watched it with the rest of my family, minus probably Amanda and JC uh, Amanda just does her own thing. Uh, wasn't super interested. And then JC was like, if I was nine, JC was like seven or so. So she was most likely hanging out with Christy and not really paying attention to anything. But this movie scared the pants off of me when I was a little kid. Like, scared me so bad. Um, the It was the first time, like, first experience I'd had seeing, like, a goopy dead body in a movie, really. Yeah. Other than, like, in the first Jaws, when uh, Ben Gartner comes out of the hole under, in his sunken ship and it's like, his dead face. I had seen that. But even that, like, my mom would, like, we had that movie, like, taped on DVD, on a VHS tape. And my mom, when I would watch Jaws, would come in there and fast forward it to that part because it scared me when I was little. So she would fast forward to it through that. So this was just... It was terrible for me. Um, the and because another thing is the CGI in this movie at the time looked it's pretty good. Actually, looked crazy. Like it looked crazy in 1999. Like, I even mentioned for 1999 for this of a lower budget. Like it was a, had like an 80 million dollar budget. Pretty good CGI for yeah for, 1999. for 1999. Yeah, it was it was nuts. So like all this stuff to me looked absolutely real. And the stupid freaking scarabs, man, that crawl into the skin, haunted me, gave me horrible, horrible, terrible dreams. And I remember staying up with my being not being able to sleep and having my mom and dad both. I feel, you know, very sorry for them. You know, my dad, my dad would get up and go to work all day and then he has to put up with his kid that's not able to sleep because he watched a stupid movie. And then my mom, (laughs) who has two other kids. Um, as well as me to raise during the day, like having to spend time being awake because their kid was scared of something as stupid as this movie. And again, it's also their fault because I was nine. I was nine. And this is not the first time that it happened. We had watched the sixth sense with my aunt and cousin and uncle on DVD. And that scared the shit out of me too. That scared me so bad. They should have known that I wasn't shouldn't have been allowed to watch this movie. I, sh- I should have been forced to go do something else or go over and hang out with my friends next door while they were watching this movie. So, yes, I feel sorry that they probably suffered because they were super exhausted the next day, but it was also kind of their fault. That Not kind of. Definitely. <laughs> so, uh, my early experience with cutting-edge DVD technology was very traumatic. It was not great. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually can't remember what my first DVD film was. It probably wasn't, so I wasn't like. Oh, the first, the first DVD that we owned, we bought that DVD and got The Gladiator with Russell Crowe and How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. 
Oh. Those were the f- and Shrek. Classic. The first Shrek. Okay. Those oh, were the okay. first three DVDs that we had. But anyways, that was my long like this movie. Even to this day, like my mom, I I make fun of my mom all the time because she watched The Wizard of Oz when she was really little, and it scared her really bad. Uh, with the flying monkeys and stuff. To this day, that it still gives her like the heebie-jeebie. She doesn't want to watch it. This is the same type of thing. Like, there's a lot of parts in this movie that I'm still kind of like when I watch it because just, just a childhood trauma. It, yeah, it's just it's just a trauma buried deep down inside of me. <laughs> so <laughs> from here, we'll just hop into our categories, Jake. Yeah. What did you not like or problems that you had with this movie? Uh, well, my first one is at the beginning where they dump a jar full of scarabs, like tons of them, and none of them escape or go anywhere else. They just know exactly that they're supposed to just stay inside the coffin, just right in the lines. It's just like, I would have expected a whole bunch of them just to go everywhere else. Like, they're trained to attack scarabs, Jake. That's, okay, well, fair enough. <laughs> uh, I said the weird cartoon Egypt opening scene looked horrible now it just like i've played assassin's creed origins which is set in egypt yeah and that video game that came out in 2017 makes this movie this movie look like the graphics look like the nintendo 64 like egypt (laughs) it looked so bad (laughs) my second one is when after she somehow miraculously knocks over every single bookshelf in the library, he's just like, I want all those plagues. I'm like, I don't think this guy actually wants all those plagues. I know he is over-exaggerating to prove a point, but we saw what happened. He did not want it. Yes. But then I wrote that before it was revealed who the the, the museum curator actually was. So was I wrote a, another one. He was a Medjai. burnt the map, but I deleted it because I'm just like, eh. Okay, so back with the, in the, the prologue. Is that the prologue? The prologue. Before the yeah. title screen. Um, I said, what's up with these weird gold painted priests? It's like yeah. Emotep went and visited New York City and just loved living statues. Like, that. Like <laughs> he just saw like, yo, when I was in New York City, man, there was this dude that just painted himself silver and stood all day like a statue. People gave him money. Guess what, priests? Your new job is to do that. That's all you're going to do is be statues. Uh, and then you're going to go lock the door when I want to have sex with this lady that is the Pharaoh's wife or lover. Yeah. And then uh, oh, okay, just to piggyback on that one, I said uh, the title screen animation was peak like 1990s oh, terrible yeah. CGI. Like it looks like yeah. it comes in and is like in 240p and slams together <laughs> and then like blows away in the wind. <laughs> hey man. And you know you know they were then, like, like you know they were like hell yeah, that's sick when they made that. They're like that cost us $125,000. <laughs> that comes into the fun facts later anyway. And then I wrote um Benny didn't want no part of opening that box. Yeah, dude, so Benny's Benny's runs. A, Benny's a bitch, dude. Yeah, all he does is run away. Kevin J. O'Connor plays the same character in every movie I've ever seen him. <laughs> he's like the this dude that look you look at, he's like this skinny, sweaty guy that you know smells. Oh, and yeah. all he does is double cross and run away. I and even before he said anything. I saw that mustache. I'm like, I just want to slap that dude across the face. <laughs> like, that's smut. 
that that mustache was intentional to make him just look extra like scummy and sneaky. And he's, he's got this weird high pitched cracky voice the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's terrible. Um, said so her brother drunk in this casket that's like probably thousands and thousands of years old just playing a prank with her with the dead body he sits oh, the dead body I up know, seriously. like these are things these are like artifacts that have been pulled out of the ground and disturbed that's that's like in three thousand years someone comes into like a, a graveyard in america and just digs up your grandma and is like we're gonna put her in a museum and then they go and do it and then there's some idiot that's like playing with your grandma's dead <laughs> preserved body like I'll Come be honest on. though, that guy was my favorite character. Oh no, he's funny. He's like the the good version of Benny. He's like the the yeah. antagonist version. He's the offset. My next one was the quote, it's just a book. No harm come came no harm can come from reading a book and then wrote, Tell that to Ash. And that's just a reference to yeah, dude. Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Yeah, dude. These people need to f- flash forward to 1980 uh, and watch Evil Dead yeah, and then seriously. Go, back to the, go back to Egypt. You don't mess with the Necronomicon, guys. Come on. Yeah, dude. And then the Necronomicon uh, will bite your hand if you try to if you grab yeah. the wrong one. That's my one of my favorite scenes in any movie is him trying to pick which book to read in the in <laughs> Army of Darkness. Yeah. I, that that one was my. That's actually what caused me to watch the prequel or, or whatever, is because of how funny. Oh, Army of and Darkness there's was. so much different. Like, oh, I know. Yeah, I figured that out one out. But Army of Darkness is hilarious. Yeah, Army of Darkness is like this campy horror movie, and like Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two are pretty much the same movie, but they're just like this crazy horror movie. Yeah, they're not as they're not as into the comedy. They they didn't lean very heavily into the comedy. No. Anyways. Oh, you know, it's that it's that classic Hollywood story writing that everyone loves a hero that immediately sexually assaults the main female in the movie upon meeting her. <laughs> I was going to write that down too. He just just sexually assaults her and she's into it because it's Hollywood and you know yeah. girls are objects in movies, not they're not real people. You should put a sarcasm quotes around that listener. Yeah. He just immediately does that and is like, yeah, what up? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My next one was classic guy with the glasses that always gets stepped on. As he said, I can't find my glasses. I can't find my glasses. Then like three seconds later, crunch. In the part, the best part of the parts I wrote down that I like, I said the dude with the glasses got Velma'd (laughs) in this movie. I wrote that as... The only reason that's in the dislike is because it's just a it's such a common trope. But oh yeah, and this I, I movie mean, this movie is full, and they they kind of oh. are self aware of a lot of it because oh definitely every time the wind blows and they're, they're all like oh and at one point Brendan Fraser's like it he calls it out it does that a lot around here doesn't it <laughs> yeah. little little gun background here the guy when he's shooting is two revolvers most of the time a couple of couple of scenes. Rick has 1911s, which have magazines. Still, only like six shots per gun before you have to reload yeah. them. Those revolvers, dude, on that boat scene, in between takes where he's reloading, he's shooting these guns like 15 or 20 times a piece. Oh, yeah. Just Rambo unloading into people. Just, <laughs> it's like, bro, dude, you gotta, you gotta load. You gotta, you gotta dump yeah. out the old shells. You're, you're emptying 12 bullets into one guy. 
and now you're having to stop and reload. You're not being very, very conscious of your ammo going on. Yeah. It's like a video game where he just had, thinks he has infinite ammo. Yeah. He typed in the cheat code before the Magi yeah. came yeah, on the boat. Uh, my next one was classic movie trope number two. The hero doesn't want to stick around to save the day until he decides to, like, you know, three minutes later in the film or whatever. Yeah, he like, he's like, I'm out of here, walks out the door. He's like uh, Grandpa Simpson going into the, the thing, taking his hat off and Putting going right hat. back off, going right back <laughs> outside. He's like, I'm out of this movie, and I'm back in this movie. Yeah, exactly. The classic classic hero trope. The, 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 the guy that was like the warden, the little Arabic guy. Yeah. Uh, the whole time being like, I hate bugs. There's not going to be bugs in this place, is there? There's not bugs. I hate bugs. And yeah. then he sees a wall full of sh- like things that look like bugs, and immediately he's like, "Ooh, I bet these are worth a lot of money." Like because yeah, they look like gems. He immediately started. He's like, "I hate bugs. I'm just gonna yep. pocket all these bug bug medallions." And then it turns out that they're just in like little cocoon things. Yeah. Um, my next one was when when they were in like in the the latter section of the movie. Uh, when they're finding the book and he throws the dynamite to close the door on him. It's just like he lights the flint by striking the match on the other guy's cheek. And then there, I was just like, there's so much left on that stick of dynamite. He just threw it and it immediately explodes. Just like, yeah, that would have taken like five minutes for that <laughs> I, to explode. I wish it would have been real time. <laughs> like he throws it's it. Just like, it's just. <laughs> and the mummies are just running past it. It's. They all get out into the room, and then it explodes and closes them in with the mummies. Yeah, seriously. You get attacked by a bunch of assassins in Hominoptera, and they tell you to leave. And what do you do? You immediately just get trashed. You get trashed by the campfire oh, yeah. and try to smooch the handsome white man that's, oh, yeah. that's there. My last one was, as usual, the greed of the bad guy becomes his undoing. Like, Benny was out. He was cleanly out, and all he had to do was just, go, you know, ride off into the sunset, and he would have been rich. But he just had to go back in for more. Yep. For more than he could legitimately, in, in like, you know, carry. Yep. So. Uh, I have two more. It, man. I have yep, two more. Go ahead. Rachel Weisz's character and the character that plays Anaxunamun, they don't look anything alike, and I understand that he's trying to sacrifice. Rachel Weiss to bring back his Anaximamun. But he calls her that multiple times in the movie. So, yeah. uh, and then he like kisses her. He tries to kiss her once and they scare him with the cat. And then, she, uh, then he does kiss her and they scare him with the cat again. It was just weird. I didn't understand why he kept calling her that when he's, they, so it didn't make sense to me. I, th- I think they tried to explain later that, oh, yeah, he says you're the resurrection or you're like the reincarnated whatever of his dead lover or ancestor. I don't know. They didn't really explain that super well, but I think they kind of tried to mention that just so there wasn't that plot hole. But it, I didn't. Well, it, didn't it didn't it, work. Yeah, it did. And then my last one is when he's almost fully back to being not a mummy anymore. 
the yeah. the like open wounds on his cheek when he stops are like jiggling around on his face because they're digitally put in and it's 1999 yeah. they couldn't make it look real. Yep. And every time he like took a step, they would like move and then move back. Yep. <laughs> Until they decided to make it move to where his, his it was just his jaw and yeah, his and mouth even that he's walking just the he's, side of his cheek. He's walking in the uh, in the desert. When they when he comes out of the the little sand tornado, and his little all the digital jaws jiggling up and down when he's walking. Yeah. Okay, Jake. That was that was all of mine. So, Jake, what were some favorite parts and lines that you had? All right. Well, the first one is during that little war scene at the beginning. The dudes on the horses are surprisingly accurate, shooting from the hip on horseback with those old school rifles. They're just like they don't make just aiming with one hand and just hitting somebody. It's like, bro, that's some good aim. Jake, they don't make guns like they used to, dude. <laughs> I hear that all the time at my job, man. They just don't make these like they used to. Uh, everything's plastic now. So that's because they're in the airsoft gun section. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, that's a BB gun. <laughs> So when they go to do the firing squad death of Brendan Fraser in at the first of the movie, uh, and the sand all explodes around him and it runs away and it makes a roar and the face sinks in the sand. I really like that yeah. that little effect. Uh, yeah, that was actually. I liked cool. it when I saw this movie the first time, and I liked it again this time. Uh, Jonathan, the brother, he sees the Americans with their guns and says, "Americans." I'm just like, he's right. True. <laughs> we do love our guns out here. Um. So when she knocks all those, when she knocks all those bookcases down, and that guy comes in there and looks at her, I said that she should have totally done the Chris Farley. What'd you do when he came <laughs> in? The... <laughs> like he does that to David. Was, oh, like he does to David Spade. At the gas station. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> I wrote prediction. The guy who hates bugs. Is gonna die from scarabs, and I was just like, "Yep, nailed it." Yep, you read that one, Jake. He went, he went crazy you know, from the scarab in the brain. You're a fortune teller, Jake. You should look at me. You should go I, buy a lottery ticket, Jake. I said this is a sidebar; it has nothing to do with the movie. But the Medjai are the are the main characters in Assassin's Creed Origins, and oh, they yeah? are like you play as this Medjai named Bayek, and he is like uh -huh. this trained assassin, and you can just pretty much kill anybody you sneaky and, and whatever yeah. the fact that these guys would have went on the the boat and anybody would have survived um and would have even known that those magi guy were there uh yeah to me seems a little improbable but it's also a movie that needed action set pieces so i understand yep yep exactly i i wrote when they're in the the tomb for the first time and then she was reading, oh, it says, he that shall not be named. I'm like, oh, it's Voldemort. Voldemort I thought is in the, the same thing. <laughs> and Dwight's just like, don't, 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 don't. don't say it. <laughs> so when they jump all, jump off the boat and they swim ashore of the Nile, uh, this line is, this part's always made me laugh. When, when, uh, Benny says, hey, O'Connell, looks like I got all the horses. And then, uh, Rick yells back, Hey, Benji, it looks like you're on the wrong side of the river. And yeah. <laughs> he, he, uh, he looks around and he realizes it and he, he's ashamed. I always like yeah. that part. That's a good one. 
Uh, I wrote, uh, when they were, on the night when they got attacked by the Magi after the first night in the tomb, the brother Jonathan was just drinking the be- the alcohol and just shooting people as they're riding by. Yeah, yeah, that, that, made, that made me laugh. <laughs> I thought that was so great. So I like how, how Emotep is, a, is scared of cats until he's fully immortal because they're the guardians yeah. of the underworld. And I yeah. said, every time he sees the cat, it was like he was like, I, I thought I taught a putty tat. And he like <laughs> turns into a sand cloud and poofs out of the room. <laughs> I actually, uh, it was my next one, but it was the one after that. I wrote Imhotep's weakness, cat pianos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. He should have never, hopefully he never got on the internet in like 2005. <laughs> Bro would have been just a, just a perpetual sand cloud. Oh, yeah. Jonathan trying to run to go get the car and the zombie people coming out and him going emotive and making them all start going emotive. I really enjoyed that. It made me chuckle. That was a good one. That was actually the one after my cat one too. So you you just took kind of two of mine, but it's all right. Suck it, Jake. Jake, suck it, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote Brendan Fraser, Rick screaming back at the mummy was pretty funny yes like when they first see him moving around he's like does like the yell and then he goes ah, and then he shoots it yeah uh there's a scene in captain marvel that it's exactly the same with captain marvel and a one of the shapeshifter people mm-hmm. they she scream at her ah, and she ah, back at him yeah um that was pretty good multiple times throughout this movie brendan fraser had an opportunity opportunity to and didn't put a bullet in ben benny's head dude he should have just killed that guy yeah like i I understand i understand like he is this nice this nice hero character but i mean sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do man yeah and he's known benny for several years he should know that you know yeah and he's only looking out for himself strike three strike three you're out dude it's time to put you down man gonna put you out to pasture see you later benny yeah that's why he just left him in there Yep. Uh, I didn't have any more likes. Um, I have a couple more. So, this movie probably had the right amount of Winston Havelock in it, the British pilot. Yeah. So, it probably had the right amount, but I could have used way more of that guy. I really like him. I actually agree. He was a a good character. And then him finally getting to die in a blaze of glory is such a great end for him. Oh, yeah. He just sinks into the sand. Sinks into the sand with a smile on his face, dude. Quicksand doesn't work like that, but it's a movie, Jake. There's a movie about there's a movie about an immortal mummy, Jake, and you're complaining know, about know, you're complaining know, about quicksand. Well, know, actually, was... the science behind quicksand well, doesn't work like that. Actually, the scientific properties of quicksand don't actually work like that. Well, how do you how do you explain the guy vomiting flies, Jake? I love that when the sand face pops up in the cloud of the wall, yeah. of sand, he just shoots that machine gun at it like it's going to do anything. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. wonderful. <laughs> that was actually a pretty good scene, too. Uh, and then when they're in the tomb, um, when the when the, when the the priests pop out of the ground, instead of CGIing yeah. those hands out of the ground and stuff, too, they, like, they used humans dressed up in costumes, which made it look way cool. It was like yeah. watching, like, you're watching, like, um... Uh, Night of the Living Dead or something from George Romero. Yeah. Uh, so I like that they did that kind of, it looked like, kind of like an homage to those old, like classic Hollywood monster movies. 
Oh yeah. And the Mummy, obviously the classic Universal um, original Mummy movie from like 1950 or 40 or something. It's a long time ago in the 30s, maybe. Yeah. And then my last favorite part was I said the city sat unbothered. This this city of the dead sat unbothered for three thousand years, and within the course of three days, a handful of white people cause it to implode into the sand. Yeah, it's seriously like like a, under twenty white people show up, yeah. and this place just booms into the sand and sinks. So way to yeah, and- way to go, white people. And the the Magi guys couldn't couldn't even stop them. Yo, bro, it was the, their job. The Magi. So you've seen National Lampoon's Vacation with Chevy Chase. Oh yeah. When he's like walking through the desert and the Indians or the Native Americans are watching him, the Magi just sitting at the top are just like, "What an asshole!" And then yeah, <laughs> and they're just all singing like "99 bottles of beer on the wall" running through the desert <laughs> down there. Like it was, it looked like that. So, Jake, that was all of mine. You're out of them, too. So we'll move on to yeah. the next category. Would you recommend this movie to a friend, Jake? Absolutely, yeah. I enjoyed it. I, you know, I didn't have any uh, expectations for it. I just know the only the only thing I'm, I know if I ever see The Scorpion King is how terrible the CGI in that movie is. Oh, it's bad. But this one, I expected it to be terrible, but it was a lot better than I expected. The Rock looks like a weird computer boogeyman in that movie. He looks uh, he looks really yeah. bad. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It's, I said I I, it was well cast, well well written. Yeah. I said maybe I probably wouldn't go out of my way to recommend this movie just because it's been played to, on TV to death since it came yeah. out. So if a person wanted to see it, they would have already. And if you haven't seen it, most likely it's because you have no interest in it. So what's yeah. the point of recommending it to someone that hasn't? Because, I mean, like TNT, I know for a fact TMT used to play this movie all the time in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I would never watch it. I'd always change the channel. <laughs> um, does it hold up in 2021, Jake? I mean, I think so as far as just a, a period piece film. Yeah, nineties. I think it works really well on just about all fronts. I mean, it was written well, it was filmed well. There weren't any. I mean, there was a few misogynistic lines, but that was, you know, they're like does, a woman can't lead them. What does a woman know? Whatever, yeah. dude. That's about to have the life sucked out of your face. Yeah, exactly. I mean, kind of, it does. Most of the action is really good, and like you said, the cast is pretty cool. The CGI is so bad in this movie to today's standards that it's kind of distracting. Oh, of it's kind of distracting. When that uh, when that mummy's just dip-dapping around in this movie, and he's just like a weird computer blob, Yeah, he looks really bad. Uh, rewatchability, Jake. I said for me, this is like the second time I've seen this movie all the way through. Since I was like nine years old, because I have a traumatic past with this movie. Yeah. So um, I probably will not rewatch this movie again. It was just the it was just a streaming movie that I saw on that I had seen before, so I needed to make a quick recommend to you. So that's why I picked it. Yeah. Yeah, I probably won't rewatch it. Uh, mostly just because if I'm gonna watch a Brandon Fraser movie from the '90s, I'll probably go back to George of the Jungle or Encino Man. Sure. Dude, Encino Man's so good. 
classics. Got that classic scene where, uh, uh, what's his face? The guy that's in the Lord of the Rings. And he's Sean Rudy. Sean Astin is like that girl like looks at him and he waves and that dude like leans in and like shakes his head no at her. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then when they staple him to the wall. <laughs> yeah. Um You you sent that gif before, I believe. And it's got it's got Wheeze in the Juice Polly Shore, dude. Like Oh yeah. He got worse as he went on, but that was that was prime time Polly Shore. Just Oh yeah, Polly Shore of the '90s. He yeah. was on it, you know, with Biodome. Yeah. Did you watch that? Yeah, I've seen Biodome, yeah. and I've seen We're in the Army Now, and the one where he <laughs> and the one where he goes into the he goes into like farm life or something. Um, fun facts, Jake. Why don't you kick us off, oh, dude? I wrote in one scene, Benny is shown with a sack full of gold, which he is trying to load onto a camel, and Benny pulls the camel by the reins, and the camel doesn't budge. The camels, all the camels, for some reason, hated Kevin J. O'Connor. It's because of that stupid pencil-thin mustache, dude. You yeah, said it. Just like, you said it at the top of the episode. That's the reason. Yep, I 100% agree. The camels knew it. Uh, Brendan Fraser nearly died during a scene where his character is hanged. Rachel Weiss remembered he, Fraser, stopped breathing and had to be resuscitated. God. Dude, he, like, really hurt himself in this movie, and that's why he kind of, like, disappeared um, oh, after really it. Bad. Like, he, like, all, like broke his back and did some other bad things Ugh, in this movie. That's rough. Um, the library disaster was done in one take. It would have taken an entire day to reshoot if a mistake had been made. Yeah, dude, that's like Kubrick and the bloody elevator uh, scene in The Shining, which took, like, yeah. eight months to film because he was like, no, nah, didn't like it. Let's do it again. <laughs> oh my god! They had to clean everything and then do it again. Oh man, that would suck. Uh, with an exception of a loincloth and a few pieces of jewelry and pasties, Patricia Velasquez's costume consists entirely of body paint, which took four hours to apply. Oof. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. I'd rock that costume. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah tune in next you week had that mental image. You tune in next week to seconds. see jake naked with nothing but pasties and a loincloth on and body paint and four hours worth of body paint which is just me painting a picture of jake spencer on a on jake spencer <laughs> <laughs> for my next one i wrote according to stephen summers the average special special effect cost was $125,000 per shot. And then so I mathed that out to 120 shots is around their $15 million budget. So they probably had around 120 special effects shots in there. And they, because they spend about 15 million, 15 to 20 million on special effects for this film. Out of, of their $80 million budget. That's a lot of cheddar cheese, but. It is, man. Um, let's. The white nightgown Evelyn wore when the ship was attacked became transparent when it got wet. It had to be digitally painted white during the post-production so they could keep the film (laughs) PG-13. Or just make her wear a black nightie. Whatever, dude. Like, I don't understand. They probably spent $15,000 to paint her her nightgown white. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. 
I only wrote down three fun facts. I mean, there was a ton of them. Bro, yeah, I got some. I got some. Yeah. Don't worry, Jake. Uh, an Egyptologist was brought in to phonetically render what ancient Egypt dialogue might have been. Have you ever seen that clip of like when they they have they got like this uh, voice box from a, like a Neanderthal, and they're like, with the computer, we were able to digitally render what they what this Neanderthal sounded like, and you seriously like. Like the whole video, the end of the video, the, the Neanderthal voice is like, and that was it. <laughs> That's just what I imagine. They were just like, this, these people sound like this. Urgh. A mummy would go, because their tongue was cut out. Thanks, yeah. Egyptologist. I'm glad we have you on retainer. <laughs> the Magi were supp- originally supposed to be tattooed from head to toe, but Stephen Summers vetoed it because he thought Oded Ferrer was too good looking to be covered up sexy man don't want to cover that face according to studio uh, steven summers or the director the universal phoned him the morning of the movie being released and said we need another one dang yep yep dude they rode the mummy their mummy uh money bag for a long time there was a universal studios money mummy ride like a roller coaster oh yeah and stuff they they milked that teat dry dude and then they even made a remake yeah, with Tom Cruise. Yeah, and they're like they're like doing like plane crashes and stuff. And like this movie, they're like riding around in the desert and running around in like nineteen like hundreds Egypt. And the Tom Cruise one, they're like transporting a mummy in a like a big cargo plane, which blows up the plane and everything. It's weird. It's probably the same cargo plane he used for Mission Impossible. Yeah, he just has it in his garage. Yeah, I'll bust it out. We'll just... do another stunt with it. It'll be real cool. He... He just owns his own little airport with, like, various little planes. Yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, a cloak lent by the British costume rental company, Angels, and worn by an extra in this film was discovered to have been, in fact, made for Alec Guinness when he played Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars episode, I guess it's three, four? Four. Four, A New Hope in 1977. Mm. Imhotep was actually a name of an Egyptian architect who developed the first pyramids in ancient Egypt. Whatever, those were aliens. Yeah, they were. Notably, the pyramid of... Mm, I'm going to skip that because I don't know how to pronounce that. Around 2600 <laughs> BC, uh, his ability was s- such that he was later said to have descended from the gods. His name means one who comes in peace. However, as far as anyone knows, he was not... He was not a despised villain as portrayed in the movie, but much more likely a revered architect and physician. Can you imagine you're just looking down from whatever heaven you're up in and these people are making you to be this weird monster and you're just like, bro, I built the pyramids, man. Me and those aliens, we just built pyramids and they're making me look he, like I'm a... I'm descended a, from the gods. That is just... He just came from an alien spaceship. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm simping for this lady. <laughs> not fair not one mention of that pyramid that i built not one um brendan fraser was speaking of you being a big georgia jungle fan brendan fraser was cast due to the success of georgia the jungle stephen summers also Good. commented that fraser felt or he felt that fraser fit the role uh well fit the errol flynn swashbuckling character he had envisioned perfectly i don't know the actor stood that his character doesn't take himself too seriously, otherwise the audience can't go on that journey with him. 
You want to go on a journey with Brendan Fraser, dude? Yeah. Crew could not shoot in Egypt because of unstable political conditions. Oh, by the way, Errol Flynn was a was an actor in the early 1900s who was known for playing swashbuckling pirate type roles or other things like stuff like that where he was just yeah that type of a character errol flynn was an actor see in the beginning where emotep is mummified uh freaked out actor Air arnold Voslo. he had to be in bandages for uh four hours to film the scenes where he they wrapped him up and put him in his tomb he didn't like that which i understand that's creepy that doesn't sound fun at all Oh, this one's funny. Kevin J. O'Connor had been roughed up so much during the filming of the scenes with uh, Benny in the Egyptologist's office where he's getting thrown around. Yeah. He was badly bruised and his nipples had to be iced afterwards. He's <laughs> just a freak. He didn't have to have his nipples iced, dude. That's just what he's into. He's just yeah, making, he's making film interns ice his nips, dude. <laughs> when, you're, <laughs> when you're rich, they just let you do it. <laughs> that's all of my fun facts jake so a good amount we do have quite a bit of if this would be movie would be better if these people were casted so you mean to read them yeah what's that you mean to read them yeah read them all so rick o'connell this is brendan Fraser's, excuse me character we had leonardo dicaprio who was first asked to do it but was filming the beach at the time. Asked if the beach could be postponed. It was told no, so he had to turn the mummy down. To which the beach ended up getting pospo- postponed anyways. So he... <laughs> he, he, got he yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise, your boy. Mission Impossible man himself. Top Gun man himself. Brad Pitt. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Ben Affleck. Ben Damon. Chris O'Donnell. Robin himself. Oh, yeah. And in a horrible mountain climbing movie called Vertical Limit. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey here to dig up some mummies, man. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, Sylvester Stallone. Could you imagine that? I'm going to ancient <laughs> Egypt to help um, to, to help dig up this mummy. Adrian, they got to leave, Adrian. Yo, I got to go get this mummy, Adrian. He, he came out of the ground, Adrian, and then and when he's going to eat the world with his big mouth. Adrian, you got to punch him in the face real hard. You understand? You understand what I'm saying? Yo. Um. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Dude, that was just stuck in my head all day. I'm like, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. That is... And then Bruce Campbell, so that would have been Ooh. fine, probably. I think that would have been, been a good. good one. And also Kurt Russell, I would have been super interested in Kurt Russell because okay. he's been in movies like Escape from New York, which yeah. is like this campy action movie. Would have been good. Oh yeah. But that's all I got, Jake. You cool. got anything else, Jake? I don't have anything else sad, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well. So what, next. What do we got next week, Jake? Next week. Because you barely remember it, we're going to watch The Rocker starring Rain Wilson. It's Okay. (laughs) It's one of my favorite movies of all time. The Benchwarmers 2 Breaking Balls is one of Jake's favorite movies of all time. No, it is not. 
It is. It is. It is not one it, of my favorites. You heard it here first, first folks. One of Jake's Ventures favorite movies. One is one of my favorite movies. He's just well. he's just saying that to save face. No. Benchwarmers 2 is not a favorite. I did that just because we needed a bad movie to, to throw in the mix. I said sorry like 10 times. <laughs> it's not enough. Even to. after getting called out by our friend group for being a bad friend for recommending <laughs> this movie, that movie. So. <laughs> Even the comments on Instagram, like my buddy Bama that I went to high school with was like, yeah, that's going to be a no for me, dog, on listening to this. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you did a good job of driving listeners away, Jake. I was just looking for a bad movie. I mean, so I didn't think I would hit the jackpot. So The Rocker next week, starring Dwight Schrute. And yes. Emma Stone's in that movie, right? She's a baby. Emma Stone. It was, this is actually uh, before Emma Stone got real, real big and famous. When before, before Easy A, before. Zombieland. Super bad. This came out like a year bad. before Zombieland. So we'll watch that. That's fine. Yeah. So uh, where we can be found, Jake, we can be found on all streaming platforms. But if you listen to us on iTunes and you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star iTunes review. Leave us a comment. We read them. Yeah. Be cool. Yeah. Um, it would be cool. For social medias, we are on all of them. We are on Parlor at Have You Seen This Podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) It was resurrected just for our par, uh, just just for our podcast. Um, We are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, and we are on Instagram at Facebook and. Instagram, you can find us at HYST Podcast, and then on Twitter, we are seen this. Have you podcast? I can be found on uh, Twitter and Instagram um, at Ethan Tyler Wilson with no E and Tyler. What about you, Jake? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at J A E K Spencer. You can also find Jake as the main admin and mod of the Benchwarmers 2 Breaking Balls fan club page on Facebook. <laughs> He will let you in because literally he's the only member. Yep. I'm working on a Wikipedia page. <laughs> so Just kidding. until next time with the rocker, I'm Ethan Wilson. And I'm Jake Spencer. And we'll see y'all later. Yo. Bye. Now for our last speaker, one of the greatest presidents in American history, Mr. Abraham Lincoln. These two great gentlemen are dedicated to a proposition which was true in my time, just as it's true today. Be excellent to each other. And 